Yo, what's up, everybody? Here we go again. First off, I want to thank you all so much for joining us on this journey to wokeness. Damn, we made it to 10 episodes. This is still crazy to me. And I still can't believe all the feedback that we've received. So thank you to all that who have reviewed us and to anyone that sent us love. We really appreciate it. Uh, this particular episode was very special to me because it was our first uh, guest who is also a podcaster. Well, she's a podcaster and she's much, much more. Bricia Lopez joins us. She and her sister host Super Mamas, a show where they talk about and empower moms and women everywhere. She's an entrepreneur and has been named one of LA's 30 Under 30 by Zagat. She and her siblings run Gelaguetza, one of LA's hottest restaurants. And if you haven't been there, you need to go ASAP because their tlayudas are fire. They also own I Love Micheladas and sell their own brand of mole online. She's been featured on countless publications and was even invited to speak with President Obama to discuss immigration and economic issues. I really wish we would have had more time to chat with her because one hour was simply not enough. However, she's a mom and she's a wife and she needed to get back to her family. We chatted about her childhood, her family life and expectations, her entrepreneurial ventures, and how she and her family are aiding in Mexico's earthquake relief. So if you want to get involved, check out our Instagram page and find out how. We'll also post it in our show notes and our social media. Once again, thank you, Bricia, for joining us this week, and I'm sure we'll meet again soon. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for the support. We love you very much. Anyway, here we go. This is episode 10 of Pog Talk. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. I mean, I mean, I know, so I know you went to, uh, you were at a concert yesterday. You, know, you went to the, oh, this weekend you were at, at, the, at the Rose Bowl, at the Hollywood the Bowl. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, right? Oh, yes, the, yes. The, I, feel the like I went show? to watch the, f- the, the Café de Cuba concert oh, last okay. night. I was in Cecilia, and I feel like every e- other Latino everybody was there. Everybody was there. My whole Snapchat stories yeah. was all I felt like going, at, I mean, I was looking at, like, my Instagram. I feel like my entire feed was a concert. It's almost like, I thought where were you if you were in there? I don't know where she went. That, that's a very it was a L.A. Two, show. It was a two-day show, right? I don't know if it was a two-day show. I went the Sunday performance. I'm not sure it was a Saturday performance, but... I went on the Sunday performance and it was great. I saw Santa Cecilia when they f- when they were first coming up, but like two years ago, mm-hmm. after they had done like that video for El Yellow, they performed at uh, Candela. You know Candela? Mm-hmm. It's that that one restaurant in, like La Brea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, 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 I saw that show for ten bucks, so I got them free. Like, I don't do think, you, I don't do think. you know so, all of them? Like, yes. Pedro, yeah, that's just... so, you know them? Yes, I know them. What? So, <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Pe- you know, Pepe used to sing at my at my restaurant when he was like. 12 years old mm-hmm. at one of our first restaurants with his brother. Um, and yeah, I've known them since, I know Pepe since he was a kid. I know him he's for from like years. This is like, was hmm. set? Even Apparently went to the, school with you guys or with Maris, I don't know if she did like or not. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, when they were having um, CD parties, so like we'd go and like each CD, um, they would like hand paint and like and like embellish so it was really cool that's cool used to have one of the cds that they had and like it was like an art piece almost so they would like paint each cd cover and embellish it and they'd have parties so it was like every cd was like unique Mm -hmm. wow that's pretty cool that took a long time yeah they're they've been great since day one i mean her voice is unbelievable only gets better that's cool 
That's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, how was the show? Did you enjoy it? Oh my gosh, it was really fun. I'm telling you, I feel like everybody was there. I feel like the entire Latino LA community mafia was there. <laughs> it's a bowl full of Mexicans. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was really fun. It was uh, Café Tacuba, it was Santa Cecilia. And there was this other woman who I forgot her name, and it sucks because she's amazing. Um, I think it was like Mon Lafert or something, or Mon Lafert, I can't remember. But she was so great. She has an incredible voice. Uh, you know, the same vibe. It was the same vibe as Santa Cecilia, the Café Tacuba. She's a solo artist. She was the opening act. Uh, so she, which, which must be hard, right? I mean, especially at the bowl because at 6 p.m. it's still pretty light. So people are just arriving. They're just getting there. They're just getting there. People are still parking around. Yeah, the they're corner. still parking. They are still not drunk. They're not drunk yet. So you know, she, she's opening up, so she has to get everybody sort of like. But she really Bumped did. Up. She did a great job. I went to see a show not like about a month ago of this band called Pink Martini. I never heard of the band, but I I, I went because uh, I did a collaboration with them, and. It was so crazy because I told my mom, I was like, hey, mom, um, come with me to, the, to that show. So she went. We got there, you know, right on time. Everything was super chill. I got into the bowl super fast. Uh, I got out of the bowl super fast. I mean, obviously, I like took a car service in because parking at the bowl is like. It's a mission. Yeah. 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 You, you, like, I don't understand I parked, why. I parked on Highland once. I walked over. Oh, no. I've only parked the bowl anyway, once. And then that was like the last time I even tried. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, it was pretty cool. It was like a super chill. It was a packed show. Like, there was not one empty seat. This time around, I also went with my mom. And, you know, I was like, oh, we'll just show up, like, you know, at 6, like like last time. It was super chill. Like, not a big deal. Mm. It was so chaotic. It was so chaotic. And, and then once we sat down, I was like, but it's not even, like, so full. Like, I don't understand where the chaos comes from. Mm-hmm. So then when we left, it was the same thing. It was so chaotic. And I was like, well, but... How is it that this show is so chaotic, like, living and coming and leaving, and last time was way more packed, and it was, like, super chill. And I was like, oh, because Latinos are not used to coming to the bowl. So, one, <laughs> so they're here. everyone drives. Are they all and like, <laughs> So, like, well, Latinos, I'm like, everyone's probably, like, driving. They probably don't understand, like, the stack situation. they got to figure out. They... Everyone's, like, getting upset at each other. Like, why are you not moving? It's like, well, it's a stack parking, you know, and... <laughs> Everyone was super late. Everyone was late of course. to the show. <laughs> of course. So if you show up, like, you know. Why, why, why like did the show even start on time? I know, yeah. So, like, between 6 and 7 was just madness to even just, I feel like everyone so showed up, like, at 6.45 when the show started at 6. Like, I feel like everyone showed up. Sounds like CPT. Yeah, it was so crazy. I was like, wow. I was like, it's real. Yes, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, but it was just, like, a really interesting to see because I was just there not so long ago and I saw the difference. Nice. Well, you know. I'm like, why people know how to do it at the bowl? Yeah, for real. I mean, (laughs) everyone shows up in limos. Mexicans are like, what? You can eat here? Yes. (laughs) Right? Everybody took baskets. Yeah, you you can have food here? You can eat here? I went with my dad. You can drink in your seat like this? I went with my dad to the the Playboy Jazz Festival. I mean, that's how their concerts are. And and he had no idea that it was like this whole, first of all, he didn't know that it was a full day thing. Uh Secondly, he didn't know that it was like a bring your own like wine or bring your own like liquor and bring your own like basket so oh. we were just like sitting there like if it were like an event and yeah. everyone else around us like offering us drinks yeah and, everyone's like super well yeah. prepared that's how the concerts at like MacArthur Park and stuff used yeah. to be like the like the Teleton I don't know if you remember if you ever went to those 
house, but they, they like they were, like Curacao used to host like a show every uh, every year or something. Really? Like, yeah, and like I used to, my, used to go with my parents. I thought it was. It's, everybody yeah. just shows up and sits on the ground or yeah. or takes chairs or whatever. I mean, I do remember one of those. Los Tigres and Norte Reform, I think, one of those. Yeah, it was MacArthur Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, they used to be lit, man, back in the day. Well, they were still just, back, they just They did something in City Hall, too, not that long ago. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I think... And I, then Ruby... I, I think Ruby hosted it. Like, yeah, Ruby we had a friend set that up. did sound and, mm-hmm. like, set up the whole event thing for them. So it's pretty Oh, wow, cool. that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, well, again, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm, thanks for You know, me. honestly, like, this is... I'm really excited for this and a little bit nervous because this is the first time that I have a podcaster on. Oh, my gosh. So I know we're not at your point yet because you're, what, like at 120 episodes now, maybe? Like, yeah. Yeah, around, you guys, you guys, you guys like are up there. You guys have been around longer, so I'm sure I, I can only hope that we get to that point oh, at yeah. some point. I'm sure but, you uh, will. Thank you. Just thank time. You. Oh, or you can just score it every day for the next 120 days and then I, I that's will. it. <laughs> right? Is that even a year? Is that even a You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're Four right. months yeah. we'll every there. day. You, you hear that? I'm, I'm not doing that. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. But but yeah, no, I'm on. Um, you know, so I'm I am I am honored to have you here oh, today. Thank I'm humbled you. to have you here. But uh, but yeah, you want to just tell us a little bit about you know your your life. Tell us, uh, sure, my life. Yeah, that's yeah, a hit, lot. Yeah, just hit it. Hit us wherever you, you can hit. You can start oh wherever gosh. you want. So it all started with this cutco knife. No, just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Take it back. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. I. My name is Bricia Lopez. I moved to LA when I was uh, nine years old. Uh, I'm originally from Oaxaca. I grew up there. I went to school there up in fourth grade. So fifth grade was really my first experience in like school here in in LA, California. I guess um, I didn't really know how to speak English, so I knew like zero. Uh, so that was like pretty. You know, interesting. Were your parents here already? Before my dad had been here for almost a year. Okay. Uh, and um, shortly after, like short, just like a few months shy of a year, that's when we migrated. My mom, my sisters, and my brother. Then we moved here to LA. Uh, we lived in my aunt's apartment. She had a two bedroom apartment, so my aunt lived in one room, and then all six of us lived in another room. Course. But yeah, but you know, I think about how I mean, I was nine, so I, you know, nine years old, like you know what's up, you know, like a nine year old knows. Yeah. You're in fourth grade, fifth grade, like. But I don't in any point in my life that I ever was I ever like unhappy or felt like I had less than anyone else. Like I never, and I started thinking like, at what point do you start comparing yourself to people? I guess now it's different because the social media is around, so you can compare it to. It's easier. It's easier, everyone's, right? Everyone's but in like front of you. back then, like I just don't, I don't remember ever feeling like we didn't have enough or we were poor or we were struggling in any way. Like it wasn't, if anything, it was pretty cool for us because we were all in a room and all the four of us siblings were, Together, you know, and I think that's where really we build our relationship of so, like closeness, siblings, and those. And those we're always tight. Mm-hmm. Well, like literally, we were tight in a room, so we that's had what, yeah. <laughs> tight in space. Yeah, tight in space. <laughs> so I think that's what you know also figuratively got us to be tighter together. You know. Yeah. How long? How long after you got here did you did you start school? Uh, let's see. I got here in the summer, so July. So a couple months. Okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm always curious, like how long it takes for kids to. Basically, get 
Yeah, I'm assuming you went, you started school like I'm assuming you went to public school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm always curious about that experience. But I went to a fancy public school. Oh, it's oh. So, oh. I know. It's always so like it wasn't LUSD. I lose all my street cred when I tell you when I went to school. I went to Palisades. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the good school. I went there once. I took a field trip there once. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's like a field trip. Because, 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 this is because, where like the rich people go to public school. Because, <laughs> because our 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 school used to do we used to do chorus. Uh, we didn't we call had it a choir, great chorus. chorus. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so we used to do uh, a concert with uh, Palisades. So we went to practice at their facilities once because I guess they have because they're rich. <laughs> they had <they're> <laughs> better space nice than us. <laughs> uh, no. So my, you know, it's one of these things that my dad, you know, had just started the restaurant, and you know, when you when you own a restaurant, you get to meet a lot of people, and she he met this woman who told him, you need to get your kids to the school. It's like the best school. It's a charter school. You know, you need to make sure that they go so they don't become cholos, right? That's what, I, that's what like every parent back in the I don't know what it is. I don't know what the fear is today. But back then it was like you didn't want your kids to become cholos. Yeah, that's right? exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. that was like the. I think that's my, my mom's biggest resentment of my. You know, she has drama with other family because they once said that I was going to be a cholo. Oh, yeah. And my mom was like, you have to be, you have to go to school. You have to be successful because you don't, you want to show them that you're not going to be a cholo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. That's, you know. But that is, it's true. That's the reality. That's like the one thing all parents feared back then. I don't know what they fear now. I mean, I'm a parent, but I don't know what it would be equivalent to. I don't know. Because in the 80s, Cholo's not as popular anymore. Yeah, it's not like that. You don't have that fear of becoming your kids in control. So they, um, she's like, it's in Palisades. Mind you, my parents' restaurants in Koreatown. Now, has has it been at the same establishment? It was in another location, but it was still in Koreatown. Okay, Okay, cool. Um, And we lived in, my aunt's apartment was in Culver City, but my aunt, and my, but okay, this is really, my aunt's ex-husband's parents used to live in Brentwood. So then this lady, you know, was like, well, you can always use our address or I'll help you. We'll figure something out. So, so my dad was able to get us enrolled in me, Pally's Elementary, with my brother. He started second grade. I started fifth grade. And then my sister ended up going to Plot Revere and in Inglewood. Uh, no, it's definitely not Inglewood. It's um, Brentwood. Mm. And and then once you're in, you're basically in the system. So we ended up going. To, I went to Paul Revere as well, and she went to Pally High, and then all of us went to school there. Nice. So we, we went to a great school. And you went then, to Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. My cousins went to Paul Revere. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. They live in the Korea town too. So yeah, yeah. Paul Revere is yeah. Paul Revere is that, but Paul Revere is also a magnet school. So a lot of kids who like, are in the magnet program sometimes get into Paul Revere from uh, that. They're not in the magnet program. Yeah, but like a lot, and a lot of parents, and, and now that I'm a parent, I'm starting to find out like what it's like to take kids to school. Like if, you know, you have to just really research schools and make sure like, I mean, there's parents who honestly like rent homes in the area just to be in the zip code and like get in school and then rent it for a couple months. You gotta months play the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, my mom did everything she could to not have us in our home schools. Mm-hmm. So if it was a magnet, it's like you're taking the bus from, you know, mm-hmm. over to Hollywood or whatever, just not in the hood. Like, you're not going yeah. to Brendo, you're not going to Manual Arts. So. Yeah, because you yeah, don't want to be a cholo. A cholo. <laughs> or get pregnant. Don't be a cholo, don't get pregnant. in the 80s and 90s, like, I mean, we still have a lot of gangs, but back in the day, like, Echo Park and everything, yeah. like, that was a fear. I'm fed, I don't so feel like gangs like, are not cool anymore. Before it was like, you know, it was like cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 
Yeah, there's other stuff to look forward like, to. It's do. so cool to you get. You can be a soccer player now. Yeah, I think that's like a big thing yeah, now. You know, go to school, become <laughs> yeah. someone, something. I yeah, get, yeah, that's yeah. good, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah. So okay, so you went to you went to to your sister's school, right? You went to you went to Mount Saint Mary's also. Yeah, I went to Mount Saint Mary's. So then for college, I went to Mount Saint Mary's. Uh, that's where I met Leslie's sister, and. Uh, I graduated from there, and I started. I've been working with my dad since forever at the in the restaurant. So about five years ago, my parents retired. They left to Mexico. They live in Oaxaca now, and now the restaurant's run with my siblings and I. Um, and you know, I also have a podcast, and we've launched a couple businesses since then. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know how you sleep, honestly. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> but uh, did you know that you were going to do it? Did you know that like you were going to end up running a restaurant? Was that it? Um, I always knew that I was going to, you know, work with my family in some way or that I was going to have a business of sorts. When I was in high school, I hated the restaurant. You know, I think that anyone listening that may have, um, uh, that come from like a family of, restaurant owners or a family business yeah, family business period they you know that you're kind of forced into it and sometimes you're forced to take a position that you're f maybe see as mundane or maybe pointless like you're gonna be a waitress right and you think like this is gonna be my life for the rest of my life i'm just gonna be a waitress you're dealing with people mm -hmm. yeah or like a hostess or in the kitchen right what was your what was the worst position what did you not like doing I didn't like to do anything. I, I hated everything. But as a teenager, you, teenagers hate everything. What's so. like? No, I didn't like anything. I mean, what's fun about spending your weekends busting tables? Like, I don't, you know, like, I, do you have a passion for customer service? I mean, I guess there's someone out there who might, but no, I was not, like, passionate about serving people or, like, having, I mean, working at a restaurant really is difficult because you're dealing with people who are hungry, so, number one, all of us know how we get when we get hungry, right? We're angry. Yeah, yeah. We get ang we're angry. So, you're dealing with people who come hungry, who are paying you, so they expect a lot. And um, Mexico has this, I, I learned this like recently, and I was like, that makes so much sense, or someone told me about it, and it, it resonated with me. There's, um, it, Mexicans have this sort of like, there's like a service industry, but they look at service like you need to service me as opposed to like, um, you like know, like a privilege. In yeah, a sense. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because in Mexico, you know, being so classist, you know, Mexico is a very classist country. People don't talk about how how classist and how racist it is. So I think that a lot of the old generations kind of like kind of carry that with them. And the new generations that live here in America are not like that, like that. But, you know, this was back in the 90s. And I think a lot of people, you know, again, they come hungry. They come to a restaurant. They're expecting, you know, some sort of service. So, you know, I was, like, in high school. People made me you cry. You weren't trying to deal with that. No, people, like, people They didn't know that you were the daughter of the owner. That, I mean, that doesn't matter. I mean, but that's the thing. My dad never, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're working. Yeah. Like, there's no hierarchy or anything. My dad was busing tables. We were... It wasn't like you're the owner, so you're going to stand behind this machine and, like, type mm -hmm. a number. You know what I mean? It was like you had to work. So, yeah, it was, it was, it sucked. It sucked, <laughs> and I didn't want to work at the restaurant. I was, I would find any excuse to not work, like, every month. I was like, I'm on my period. I can't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Looking like, forward to it. Yeah, or like, or, like, I 
can't, or like, I would like, I'm sick. And my dad was like, you're not sick, you're just lazy, you know? You know what I mean? Like, your I parents always I mean, got my, that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Flojera, no es, no es así, you know? So it was, it was like that. But at some point, it was, you know, when, when once I got to college and, uh, were you still working while you were in college? Yeah, when I was in college. Or did college, you find, like, another job, work, study, try to do something else? I, I think I wanted to, but, like, I, at some point, my conscience or my, you know, I guess, like, the new word is your intuition, right? That's, like, the new <laughs> word that people talk about. Um, was just, like, it just didn't let me, you know? I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't, like, I just couldn't, like, not work there. And, like, my conscience was, like, you're out here just working this job and like your parents are out there busting their ass damn i get the same thing i mean my parents my parents are own a housekeeping business so i feel the same way like the last i think it was a couple weeks ago that my mom asked me to uh help her out at a party because she was she was gonna like work a party and i usually say no but because there's i had i actually had work no no, because i've actually had work before because i because i i know i mean that's the thing like i feel i I have that 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 struggle all the time where i feel like i need to do it i feel like i i have to like help her out and and i and if i don't so it, feel, it sucks because I feel really like I'm disappointed in my you mom. You should. Yeah. Feel yeah. bad for I not know. helping your mom. I know. I do most of the time. <laughs> no. But, um, I'm saying that just because I'm a mom and I have a son. Now you know. But, uh, <laughs> Were you feeling this way before? Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it was just, it sucks. But uh, at some point, my, my dad, it was about like 2010, 11, after, you know, the whole economic crisis, it took a couple years for that sort of to trickle down into our businesses. My dad had to close a lot of his businesses that he was working on. He was near close to being bankrupt. And he was like, I'm selling this restaurant and I'm going to Mexico. And then, you know, my students and I were like, oh, my gosh, like, does this mean we're going to have to go get like real jobs? Like, <laughs> does this mean like this is over? Like, wait. You mean you don't have, like, a secret stash of money somewhere? Do you guys feel like... I always felt like my dad probably had, like, a stash of money hidden they somewhere. They probably do. I feel like my mom does. I mean, I'm sure that... I'm, I feel like, I feel like our parents are account. so yeah. economically, like, stable that e- even something like the economic crisis, like, they're like... We're okay. Yeah, there's money in the walls. Like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I mean, that's what we think, but that's what trust we think, me, that's yeah, what but I thought. Saying, and, that's yeah. what I, and that's what I thought until my dad was like, no, no there's, this is it? There, there's no money hidden anywhere. I was like, wait, well, what about like, don't you have money underneath like the ceiling or up, like underneath the, Dude, like, the under, like, in, like in, in the ground hidden somewhere, like Pablo Escobar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a cash somewhere that we don't know did about? Did you ever see uh, that? There was, uh, did you ever see Arrested Development? Ah, uh, okay. Never mind. And this joke's not going to be funny. Oh. But yeah, there was a, there was like an ongoing thing where, where the where the mom would always say, there's money in the, the, the banana store. Because they had the banana shop, uh-huh. so it was like, "There's money in the banana shop. There's money in the banana shop." And then eventually, they fought, they you know, they, then one of the sons burns down the banana shop, and then he realizes there was money literally stashed in the walls oh. of the banana shop. Oh, and they got broke. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you know, I it's, but there wasn't. There was no money. There were there was zero. And where I was like, "Oh, no!" Like, wait. So then, so you're um, out of college at this point, or yeah, at this okay. point, I'm graduated, and then you just kind of had this like epiphany, like you know what, like I think, and we we can't let this, we can't let this just disappear. Like if if you sell this restaurant and you guys go to Mexico, like that's it. I mean, I'm sure I'll have a great career somewhere. I'm sure we'd figure something out, but like, then like everything you work for is 
absolutely gone. Like, it's just done. Yeah, that was 20 years, right? 20 years of... Yeah, but then I was like, uh, like if 18 years, 7, 15 years. So we we just kind of yeah, like you guys, huddled. The restaurant had been doing well up until then, up until the... Two, mm-hmm. two, okay. Yeah. So then we kind of huddled. If any, that was funny because we talked about it. It was like, if anything, it, it, there is no money stashed in the walls. If anything, I'm like high, so high in debt. Like, it's just like, you know, it's like the complete opposite. <laughs> so uh, we huddled together. We're like, okay, why don't you guys just move, move to Mexico? That's what you guys want to do. We actually bought the business for my parents. We didn't have any money, like, of course. So we bought we, it. We bought it in payments. So right. we actually already finished paying you know, our business, so it's ours yeah. free and clear now. Congratulations. Uh, so it's, and it's, and that's when we kind of, kind of like our journey started. And once they were able to leave and it was just the three of us, my sister was still in college. Um, we like took it, we, we looked at the business differently, you know, we, it was like ours, we took ownership of it and we started to kind of let our creativity uh, evolve within the business and each one of us took a different role and yeah so what role do you play or how's it broken down how do you guys how did you guys break it down how many siblings were there well there's four of us total okay. but the youngest one who now today is 25 she was you know like today 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 yeah oh happy birthday uh, no not today no not today, today. today. I mean, like, oh now she's 25 she's 25 years old in this era right now, okay. this year. <laughs> At this point. At this point. Uh, so back then she was like 20. So she, you know, uh, yeah, she yeah. was not, you know, she was in college and she was very much the person that was like, you know, I'm going to like live my life and I want to like go to college and join a sorority and, do you something know, else do and like, be different. Be different. We're like, cool, I, you'll be back in a few years. Like, go do you. Go see how the world works. I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the three of us, it was my older sister, my brother and I. And, uh, yeah, we just started working in the restaurant. So there was three of us. So at this point, I mean, you guys already know how to uh, how to run the restaurant, I'm assuming. But, mm-hmm. like, literally your parents took off and then that's just you guys. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, what, what changed? What, how, was, how, was, how was that shift? Uh, well, power. you know, it's 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 just working every single day, trying to make things better, you know, and not trying to change everything in one day. Understanding that it's gonna take a long time for things to really evolve. I mean, it's not until like I wouldn't feel until like, maybe the last couple of years that has started really like working in the flow we wanted it to make. So it took uh, two three years for it to kind of to make the transition to new staff and to new things, new ideas, new menus, new decor, everything. It's only been the last couple of years that we see, like, really, like, uh, our being, like, our restaurant, you know? Like, it's our, it's really our staple, our, you know, our fingerprint, our footprint. That's You see the mark that you've left on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, Mm -hmm. go ahead. No, sorry. Oh, no, and I'm just curious because I know you said that you, like, really didn't like it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But how has it changed now that you can actually, like, add your creativity and, like... You know, there's a different yeah. perspective. Do you like it now? Like, has Oh, it become- I love it now because it's not like an everyday job. Are you okay you know? with working weekends now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, this, that's the thing. And I, I think that's where what happens to us, you know, Latinos, who are second generation of parents who work really hard. You know, like yeah. you say, your mom, you know, it's like a cleaning business, right? So she's physically there cleaning, right? She's physically there um you know, Leslie, your mom, you know, she's yeah. physically there. Cutting hair. That's what the business is. The business is, is them. It is. The business yeah. is, is them. The business is them, you know, being there. It's like labor. And that comes from their parents who, 
probably worked in fields and who was like physical labor. And if you're not sweating, you're not working, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not sweating or if you're not like tired at the end of the day physically, then that means like you didn't didn't go to work. Yeah, you didn't do your job. So I think what happens with us is that we get caught caught up in that and which is why we never feel like we work enough and when we feel like oh well I just it's I I know I'm not working enough because I remember my mom coming home like at you know Mm. 11 p.m. and waking up at 6 a.m. but the work they would do is different than the work we do today right we're like I don't work weekends. I'm not a hostess on the weekends anymore. No, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Your responsibilities a cash have, have registry. changed. Yeah, yeah I'm not in the cash register behind. But, you know, we have events going on all the time. You know, we have, you know, you get to the point where, you know, whether you're there or not, your business is still, it's still growing. And, you know, now it, now it's not maybe not, not scrubbing dishes, but it is constantly looking at your emails and constantly, you know, staying on social media and constantly staying on top of what's happening. And that's really interesting that you mentioned that because I think the difference between us and our parents is that, like, we, maybe I feel like maybe our parents lack the the knowledge that that we have. Like, Mm -hmm. we know that running a business might be a little bit different than, you know, just being there and, and, and busting the tables and serving the food and mm-hmm. stuff. We know that there's more. There's a marketing, you know, that, that, that you have to go, you have to put money into the marketing, time into the marketing. You have to answer those emails. I'm sure, did your dad, I'm not sure, I'm not trying to assume, but did your dad, uh, was he getting those emails? Was he getting those emails doing I all that? Yeah, my dad didn't know how to work a computer. See? It was, see yeah. what I'm saying? But like now, that's what I'm saying. Like our responsibilities have shifted a little mm-hmm. because now we know, I mean, I don't know, I, is that what you've seen? That maybe like... Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's a different type of work. Uh, but I, I think like what our parents see, it's like you have to understand, you have to know the business from from inside out. Because if at any point anyone leaves, you need to take over that 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 role. You need to be able to jump in. Yeah, and and I think also what happens with us is that sometimes we get too much to the other side, to where we think we know a lot more than our parents, and then we don't listen to them. And ultimately, they know what work is, and we we still need to be very aware of what they have to say. You know, don't get like, and not get too caught up in like, well, you don't understand it because you're a different generation. At the end of the day, work is work, and the love for work is still the love for work. It's just we work differently, but we can't just tune out what the parents have to say. Did um, do you see? Do you um, do your parents still? Come, I mean, I'm assuming they come around. Do they? Do they? Do they comment on the way you guys are running? Oh business? yeah, all the time. I mean, <laughs> I had a conversation today with um, a family that's also wants to take over their family's restaurant and uh, one of the siblings was like well I just want to you know pay out my family so they can be happy and live stress-free and I'm like well I mean just know like that's not ever going to happen like and I'm you know it might be different from you our parents just don't know how to not have stress that that's just a reality you know they don't they don't know what it's like to live and it's like us it's we're the same way you know we don't know how to live without looking at our phone all the time you know we kind of get that satisfaction by like maybe tapping or scrolling that's the same satisfaction they get from like being stressed that's just the the way they know and unless they go on this a spiritual journey that you know that a lot of they rediscover themselves they find themselves find themselves again <laughs> and you know re you know unless they actually can do all that then yeah. then maybe they'll find some peace within but really like our parents just don't know anything else they don't yeah. know how to relax because that's what life is yeah. back home it's, it's, you know and it's, it's, yeah. get up work go home yeah and cook and, and if and if they don't feel stressed, they're not family. happy. I, so they feel happiness 
and their and their stress. And so that's why I tell my friend, my, when my, when my, you know, our parents become our children, and we just have to learn how to be patient and listen to them and not argue. Just listen, that's, because at some yeah, point we're so gonna true. be old, and all we wanna gonna do is for people to listen to us. And now you're mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, my kid's two and a half. He has no choice but to listen. To <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you think that uh, your mom that your your approach to parenting differs from your mom's? Uh, well, you know, I I live in LA. You know, I I am very much you know that like organic like crunchy granola <laughs> like <laughs> affirmations like you know like new age new age, age parenting, you know yeah. parenting you know like i came across this parenting style called rie rie which is called resource for infant educators that my friend told me about and i'm pretty like when i like something i like go all out like i go deep into into it and I went deep into Rai. You know, we went to like Rai classes and he went to Rai school the first, you know, since he was 10 months old. And, you know, I spoke to my parents about the way they should communicate with my son and how they should speak to him. And, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously they were like, OK, but they, but they respect they respect my decisions. They respect how I want to raise my kid. And, you know, and and, you know, he's two and a half now and, and I see how different he is from, from other children. I know every every child is different, and I don't know if it was a rye, it was just in his genes, and we're never going to know that, right? But to me, I'm like, I see it, and I'm like, well, you're you're all right, you know? <laughs> your expectations I, yeah. are there of what you yeah. wanted mm-hmm. him to, to you know. Does your Does your mom, does uh, do you see an influence, your mom's influence? On uh, my... Your, on your, your I mean, yeah, yeah, of like course. Like where? I'm still... Where where, I mean... Uh, well, first of all, do you speak Spanish to your, your, to your kid? I do, okay. not as much as I should. Okay. Um, my husband is an English speaker. He's Latino. He's Mexican-American, but like third generation. So his Spanish isn't uh, the best, and he feels a lot more comfortable speaking English. Uh, so I speak to him in Spanish, and he, he understands Spanish perfectly, and he can respond to certain things, but um, I don't speak to him 100%. That's a big fear that I have. It's like my kids not speaking Spanish. I'm always afraid that like my my partner won't speak in Spanish to them, and like they're gonna lose it. Cause I I see my cousins they they lost all the English. My mom my aunt spoke to them in Spanish all the time. I feel like that's I want to embrace that. I feel because I'm not really connected at all. I'm mm-hmm. very I'm not really connected to my uh, my my roots. My, my my parents are Guatemalan, and we're not really they left and there's no but there's no one back home. Uh, you know, but. Only thing I have is Spanish, and so I definitely want. I always see that, so I'm always curious how, how like uh, you know, Latin American or American, I guess Hispanic American uh, parents, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how they how they put that in, out there. Yeah, well, you know, the only way that a person's going to learn a language is by visiting that country and and understanding a person's culture and having the kid itself being interested in wanting to learn how to you know wanting to be part of it. So for me, do you go back home often? Yeah. So for me, um, is going back to Oaxaca, having him knowing what it is, and like learning to love his culture. And it's not just, yeah. Of course, you you really can't you know understand a culture until you know the language, right? Like you have to know it. But being 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 open to it since now and understanding, okay, this is Oaxaca, this is where I go, this, you know, since early on, this is, they speak a different language there, and maybe when he's here, he'll find, when he's there, 
fall in love with 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 the people and and kids are so smart. I mean, I honestly I didn't know how to speak a lick of English since I was like nine. You know, what I mean, obviously I moved here and I was immersed and all I knew was English. It was easier for me. How long did that take? A year. A year? Okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, and and maybe the other you know and but to me it's like well you know maybe spending a year in Oaxaca and. You know, immersed in the culture and immersed in the language can give you a better sense of what it's like. Because learning a language, to be honest with you, it's, it's yeah, it's great to be, as you know, it's it's great when you're a kid. And, and actually, there's so many, I think there's so many different uh, statistics that show how great it is for a brain, for a child to learn both languages at the same time. And how much more uh, it helps them make more more connections. But, you know, there's people that learn languages all the time. But like to learn a culture and to like see that that's really I think where the where the real value comes, you know. So I mean I wouldn't be scared. You just have to be open to traveling to other Latin American countries. And maybe it's not Guatemala, but maybe it's Mexico, maybe it's Peru, maybe it's other places where they you know, where maybe maybe he wants to study abroad when he's in college and goes and immerse himself for three years and comes back and knows perfect Spanish. Do you does he like Oaxaca? Yeah, it's so weird. Like today, this uh, mm-hmm. yes, it uh, no, it's not weird that he loves Oaxaca. Yes, he loves Oaxaca. What was weird today was that my my uh, my mom showed him a picture of my dad, who took a a picture of himself, and in the background it was his door, their door, and he was like, "Oh, that's Oaxaca," and I was like, "How do you know it just from a door?" Like, <laughs> okay, and, and so and that made me happy that he already he made, made that, that connection, connection, and he already knows it. You know, he already knows that my parents live in Oaxaca and. I read to him books in Spanish. He's, kids are so smart. I mean, honestly, I can take my kid today in Oaxaca for a year and just do Spanish. He'll come back a perf- perfect Spanish. Like, it's, kids, kids, kids are, it's incredible. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. I should visit Oaxaca. That's cool. Does he like the food, too? He likes all your food? Oh, yeah. Food is, uh, you know, we again, I'm from L.A., so, you know. Are you going to take the R, the, what is it called, the R, the ride? Are you going to take the ride to Oaxaca? Uh, I know, right? Uh, no, like food-wise, you know, at my home, we try to like, you know, be vegan and, you know, like be healthy at home. But when we go out, like we eat everything. <laughs> when we're at a restaurant somewhere, we order anything. Like there's, like we don't hold back. But at home, I like to keep my home as healthy, as clean as possible because, you know, that's like our sanctuary. That's our home. And, you know, that's where if my kid opens like... The fridge, I want to make sure that he can eat anything without me having, you know. I don't have to worry about it. Not no, worry no. about it, but just him know, like, this is how I eat in my home. And so when, you know, that's he grows up that way. But when we OA, we eat nachos and hot dogs and french fries. and You indulge. Do you guys yeah, eat Mexican. out often or is it something like Yeah, we do. Like, even, like, we go to IHOP. We love go to IHOP. the restaurant. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who, you know, I'm in the, you know, food world, so... A lot of people are like, oh, how could you like IHOP? I'm like, <laughs> I grew up eating IHOP. Like, it's the French like, toast is good. Like, it's a, it's, it's a sentimental thing. Like, it's to me, it's like, that's where I used to go with my Going parents. On Sundays. It used to be a, a privilege for me to go to IHOP. That was like, uh, like I, we made it, you know? Like, I used to, you used to go, you stand in line forever. Yeah. Yeah. You have to wait outside for like an hour. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a really big deal going to IHOP. So, you know, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, we eat IHOP. Um, yeah, we eat out on the weekends. We like to, like, explore new places. 
Uh, we he loves I love to like give him off of whatever I eat. So I'm teaching him to have a good associations with food. Make sure he eats everything. Not everything in his plate, but make sure that he tries. And a little bit of everything. Expose him to... Mm-hmm. Make sure he pairs the right cheeses with the right wines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Story. You got to learn that, man. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, I'm curious how, like, I mean, I'm assuming that it's because of your family, but I'm curious how you, you how how you you're so you're so involved in the uh, immersed in the food world now mm-hmm. like how how did this start was it just through the restaurant or did you when did you realize that this was like a the, your passion like is i mean is oh, it your passion yeah i think my passion really lies in just sharing my culture and food is one avenue you know that that i do it through and and that's what really like how i i found myself like really loving my career and what i do it's like being proud of where I come from is very important to me, you know, being in just, I, I you know, I, you're from Guatemala, you're from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know where you're from. El Salvador. El Salvador too. So, you know, when, when you're from a Central American country, you know that like Mexico is looking at you like, Mm, like a little side eye, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like true. Yeah, it's, the truth, it's true. No, it's know? true. That's why. Um, that's why everyone always roots against Mexico. If you're Central America, you always root against Mexico. It's true. Like, yeah, because yeah. they're always looking at you side eye, like mm, you cross my country to get to that country. You know, <laughs> so it's the same dynamic within Mexico. You know, within Mexico, you have people from, from Oaxaca, from Chiapas, that tend to have a more of a uh, predominant indigenous background, you know? So, I mean, I, you know, I have, like, blonde highlights, but this is not my real hair. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you tend to be, to look a certain way. And people who are from the north of Mexico, who are, are you know, more of, like, the German descent and the Spanish descent, right? There's this, like, like elitism. Like, lighter skin. <laughs> who, like, you know, whose great, great, great grandma is from Spain and they still claim they're from Spain, you know? You know those people? <laughs> uh, you know, there's just, you know, there's this, you know, there's this elitist sort of situation that to this day still exists. To this day still exists. Even within the country itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the same sort of side eye that a lot of, you know, Central Americans may feel from, from their Mexicans, brothers and sisters... You know, we feel the same way within our country. So for me, moving to L.A., it was like I, I felt so embraced by all the other cultures, you know, uh, because everyone just seems to really be appreciative. And again, I live in L.A., so I'm very biased, you know. I live in a very privileged bubble, you know, where we embrace uh cultural diversity and we embrace and there's a lot of Oaxacans here too yeah there's a lot of us and you know and then when we learn like we have this such a rich like food and we have this like just this beautiful gift that we can give to the world and why not like celebrate that and it's it's so it to me so like now when I look back and I see how excuse me so like it was (laughs) how before People used to look down at people from Oaxaca like, oh, you're, like, indigenous and, you know, 
it is in India, which really, like, I'm not from India, dude. Like, why? Do you, <laughs> you know, but like back no, then. No, it's true. Right? No, no, I, yeah. I've, I've heard. And that maybe comes before. from like Latin de Maria and mm. from a lot of like, you know, like uh, old Mexican Hollywood movies where there is. People this, were portrayed this like, way. Like, like, Tisok was like this Indian from, you know, this like indigenous kid, you know, who like spoke a certain way. And, it, you know, it's all media driven. So, uh, to like, and. And like, oh, you're like from Oaxaca, you drink mezcal, ew. To now it's like everyone wants to go to Oaxaca and to everybody drink, wants to drink, to drink mezcal. mezcal. And everybody loves mole all of a sudden. And all of a sudden everybody wants to take a picture in Oaxaca and everybody, you know. But that's the world, right? That's the way things work. People always want to have access to or, you know, being original and culture and culture uh, and just that sort of that richness that originality that really you can't buy that you know you have to like be born with that it takes centuries that takes so many that takes i mean that's a whole you know history so it took a long time for people to you know to and even that thing a lot now a lot of people from i still don't I've met a lot of people who still don't feel that sort of, they still feel like you have to have this sort of elitist thing. And it's like, you have so much value and things are so intangible. Meaning like they, they feel like, like they're, like they're mm-hmm. lesser yeah. than, okay, okay. I have a question for you. Like, have you always felt confident in embracing your culture? Is this something that just kind of came as you went and you realized like, I need to be proud of it or how... I think, you know, I think it just, I think I've always felt it because, again, because I grew up in L.A. Mm -hmm. And you see it a lot, right? I see it a lot. And then, like, my teachers were always, you know, they're educated, you know, so they're like, oh, yeah, Oaxaca. And they knew about it. And because I had the restaurant, they, like, learned about the food. And then we'd always learn about, you know, and, and, and I think, like, people who are educated and are smart, you know, and who have traveled, appreciate it. And I grew up in a place where there was a lot of that, and they I, they made me feel confident and supported like where I came from. So it's easier for you to embrace it. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to. You didn't have to reject yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. Because it was around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like maybe. Maybe, like, in middle school, but I think all of us go through, like, shit in the middle school years. Did you, you, know? you, you feel like you rejected it? <laughs> yeah, I think in middle school, you know, when, like, you feel like I have to have a certain accent and I have to look a certain way. Now, was this because of the school that you went to? And it's because I watch peers. a lot of Clueless. Mm. <laughs> 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 is it true? It's just media-driven. Yeah, you it know? is. Yeah. I'm interested in knowing, um, since we talked about, you know, the restaurant, obviously, but also the podcasting, are you looking at, at uh, opening new businesses or restaurants? Like, what what is the future lie for Bricia? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and in the future, maybe opening more restaurants. I think restaurants are super fun. They're great. They're a lot of work. And I would love to have another restaurant sometime soon. I don't have it in my plans, like immediate plans, but things always change. Uh, you know, my, my, my brother launched uh, a Michelada brand. It's called I Love Micheladas, and it's like this Michelada mix that's sold in a bottle that you can find at... Um, you sell at Vallarta. I've seen it. Yeah, for the local L.A. listeners, we sell them at Vallarta's, Northgate's, a lot I of... like Shakey's, too. I was like, like there. Oh, what? Like, like oh, Shakey's? Like, Shakey's, I was what? there. I was like, oh, I'm they down. have the Michelada. Yeah, Shakey's. Is that what we're going at? <laughs> yeah, Shakey's. <laughs> Shakey's, uh, where are their Michelada... 
uh, mix that they have. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's really cool, like, to see how, you know, like, they're planning that, on doing yeah. the cups. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not gonna no, do the cups. No, no, cups. No. No. All right. But you know, it's like that. That that's a new business that we've had. It's just a couple years old, and you know, it's it's cool to see how we can like that. That's ours, you know. And I think that also comes with like, well, to this day, everyone says like your parents' restaurant. And like, even I meet people, and they're like, "Oh wait, your parents don't live here?" And I'm like, "Where have you been this past five years?" Like, I don't, and I don't, and I, you know, I don't. If I have people that think that, you know, my dad's still around and I have no issue with that. Like, I'm like, cool. Like, it's even better because you don't come at me and ask me for stuff. Go, <laughs> good luck finding my dad. Dude. You know what I mean? So I have zero issue with that. Um, but I think there's always, you know, there's always something inside, you know, kids succeeding their parents' businesses. It's like, well, it really is not mine. You know, they started it. So I think because of that, uh, we, that's how we launched the Michelada. Have, have something on, for yourself. Yeah, we have an online store where we sell like our mole or in jars. You I know, I launched that. a podcast with my sister, which, you know, has evolved into like event series and uh, different things. And it's fun for us to just continue doing what we're doing. Uh, what's next for me personally? You know, when I get asked that question, I'm always like, I always say, I just want to grow as a person. And whatever comes with that, like, I'll take it, you know? And I think like, that's one thing that all of us should do. It's, you know, whether it's learning any language, you know, at like 30. That's still possible. You know, whether it's learning how to crip walk when you're 30, you know. <laughs> or, <laughs> and I'm teaching you. I'm yeah, you teach know what you. I mean? Or learning a new skill. <laughs> I or, heard about this. Or reading, or reading, you know, reading a, bo reading a book of like a, uh, reading a book that's about uh, uh, a subject that you know nothing about. And you just want to learn. I, and I think a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people feel like they have to just, this is where I am and this is, that's it. And it's like, no, there's. Keep growing. Yeah. You're still breathing. Keep, mm -hmm. keep going. Keep kicking it. Keep, yeah. Um, yeah. About your podcast. You know, I say this all the time because, you know, that's, I've said it before on the show. And it's like, I love the internet because I feel like it offers limitless potential for mm -hmm. anything creative. And there's, and everything in Nietzsche, you can find anything. You know, you can find a world of, you know, any world on the internet. You can find a world yeah. of women putting their faces on bread. Exactly. Like, whole thing. <laughs> yes, you can. If yeah, that's no, what you're no. into. Yeah. And it's I mean, huge. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a thing. And, and Red face, I think they're called. What? Is that a hashtag? I think it's okay. called red face or something. Okay, I'm going to look oh into God. that. And you just watch Asian women putting their face on bread. On bread? Like, yeah. like their actual physical face. Yeah, like in all bread. they do is just they get like really spongy bread and they just like. Like imprinted. No, they just like. They just like massage their face on the bread, and I feel and I think caressing like, the bread. Yeah, ca not even caressing, just pouncing their face on I the mean, bread. What's that supposed to do? Like it's it's supposed. To, there's certain people that get sort of like this satisfaction of it's like the, it's the internet, man. Of watching it, it's called like sensory something. <laughs> there's all oh kinds. Uh, again, you can find. So you can, there's you a whole. Find there's anything. people that like watch other people like like explode pimples. I've seen that all the time. Yeah. Doctor Pimple yeah. Popper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some people are into that. I follow her. She's huge, man. She's she's, she's got like a million followers. There but, you but, go. but again, that's that's what that's what the internet is. You know, you can find anything, and you can find any world in there, anything that you're into. To, and even if you want to find tips about how to be a mom or female entrepreneurs, you know. And, but you know, what's I think what's special about your show is that it, it it brings that 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 Latino spin on it because I feel like our our moms are 
I don't think I think Latino moms are different than any other mom. Like if, you know, and you can't compare it to, <laughs> you know. And, and so I, I so I appreciate that. I appreciate that you that you talk about that and you and you talk about you know how your how your life you know how your life was you know how your mom affected your life and then you also show showcase other moms like you. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, we wanted to kind of. Here's one thing I have an issue with when it's like. When, when like it's like like but it's like the Latino version, right? Because I, even though yes, it is like Latinos, I, I mean at the end of the day, we you know it's like an American show because you know I feel very much American. I feel very very much. When I go to Oaxaca, it's I love it and and it's I feel very Oaxacan too. But I spend most of my life here, and I think for a long time I fought it. I felt that feeling because I felt like, no, I need to be just, like, Mexican. And, like, I'm only going to root for Mexico. And, you know, I'm you know I'm from Oaxaca. You know, I'm not American. But then I, I had this whole, like, aha moment when I'm like, no, you're not. You're American. Like, you've spent, like, more than half of your life here. You have, like, your Oaxacan, like, soul and heart, and that's totally okay. But this I love this country. Like, I genuinely love this country so much and I think that today more than ever like we as Latinos have to embrace being American and like not let that be taken away from us you know like you like you can't like I'm gonna take that it's like I think for a while like watching the American flag felt like racist right like if somebody like was waving around the American flag you're like you're racist or you know but it's like no like I'm gonna wave it around because I'm proud to be American and American doesn't have to be an ideal that you say it's my version. It's my version. So I just I I I love embracing that Americanism in, in me, but at the same time, I, I can't help the fact that I was born in a different country and that I have this culture that lives within me. So I those and, and a lot of people do. Yeah, There's a lot of people that. So those that, nuances are gonna live within me and it's gonna obviously influence the way I live my life the way I raise my kid and there's people that can relate to that but I think more than anything I think like I just you know I think the point where we call ourselves like oh it's an American show but it just happens to be hosted by two Latinas that's sort of like where we get to the point where we're just blended in and we're like really accepted you know and it's not just like this is like for the Latino audience, even though it kind of is. But it's like, yeah, but like we're American. I don't know if I'm making any. No, sense. No, it does. It does. But I, I, you know, my 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 point came more from the you know from the point of um, it's acculturated in a sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's of acc- course. You know, so and they, people who have the same upbringing gravitate to it. Correct. You know? I mean, or, or my listeners, the majority are Latinas. But, you know, they're, like, American Latinas, like, Mexican-Americans or Peruvian-Americans. And you can throw in those Spanish Salva- words yeah, here and there. Yeah, Salvadorian-Americans, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I, I think, like, that's the thing. Like, we just feel so proud of, of where we come from, but, like, also where we are, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I just think, like, as Latinos, we need to really, like, embrace our Americanism and not let that t- be taken away from us. Yeah, I like how you bring that up because same thing for a long time, I, like, the way I put, like, the way I see everything is, like, we're all immigrants. Like, mm-hmm. America is a melting pot of a lot of different people. And, like, we're always, I mean, I guess, like, the, you know, people of color, if you're coming from somewhere else, we feel this, like, obligation to, like, f- you know, go back to our roots. But we don't embrace, like, being American mm-hmm. because then we get, 
I guess, caught up in, like, the white person or this, but you're right. Like, we are American. I grew up. I was born here, and we are Americanized, you know, but I still love my culture. My mom is Salvadorian, and, like, you still make tamales. I embrace. Still... I still make the pupusas. I made them last week, you know? So oh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's for me. Yeah. To me, like, I love Fourth of July. Like, I love making right. hamburgers and eating hot dogs, mm -hmm. and I just, I love what, for what it is. Like, we don't, I don't have, like, micheladas, but, like, that's about it. Like, I don't, you know, like, Memorial Day, I'll do carnazada, or, like, Labor Day, I'll do <laughs> But for the July, like, I'm like, no, I'm going to be American today. Should I want to wear an American flag? There you go. I'm going to, like, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to do fireworks, and, yeah, because I'm from here. And... I love Thanksgiving. Like, Thanksgiving is one of our, our most favorite, like, even though I know, like, it's such a controversial thing because of really, like, I mean, but, at the, but really what it is, it's a, a time, it's a, yeah. you know, it's a time for, but I think, you know, it's yeah, a family but I, I think component. I, I like, like, that it's, like, a, a, a time of giving things, as you know, and I know, you know, that, you know, it's it's a sad day for a lot of Native Americans, and, I, and, and I'm respectful of that. I just, I just, I just, I just love the tradition of you it. You celebrate it for different reasons. Yeah, you know, and, you know, we, I love, and I know a lot of people who are multicultural really do, like, mix in, like, tamales and stuff like that, but in, in their home, like, no, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm going to do, like, I'm going to do, like, 100% <laughs> turkey, gravy, cranberry sauce, stuffing, ham, dinner rolls, pumpkin pie. But I also <laughs> feel like the, the... The accepting and the immersing of all these different cultures, because like e even that kind of stuff stems from another culture. But mm -hmm. that's as American as it gets. Like being able to take the cultures and make it your own within this common ground. Right. You know, embracing your own, but also embracing others is mm -hmm. is as American as it gets. Yeah, mm -hmm. so true. I mean, I have a. Oaxacan restaurant in the middle of Koreatown in a yeah. Korean building. That's as American I, I do as wanna, it gets. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do want to ask about that, though. What, what's the history of that building? What, what? That, I think it was actually, that building is actually one of the first Korean restaurants in Koreatown, one of okay. the first Korean buildings in Koreatown. It was a Korean buffet. It was the first of its kind. And, uh, yeah, and now it's the home to a Mexican, not just a Mexican, a Oaxacan restaurant. I always tell people, well, that's the epitome of Los Angeles, like, you want to know Los Angeles? That's it. Yeah. Come to my restaurant yeah. on a Saturday evening. That's history evening. right there. Mm -hmm. Who did the art? We commissioned two, uh, two Oaxacan artists who actually came from Oaxaca and did all the artwork. Okay. Mm -hmm. who, they live in Oaxaca. Oh, okay. Which they're That's amazing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they're yeah. incredible. Um, La Pistola. La Pistola. Oh. Mm -hmm. so, all right, we'll plug them. <laughs> they came um, in too. I love the the mezcal man. Oh yeah, inside the restaurant. Mm -hmm. The what? It's a it's a it's a man, and they're in the fields, and they're yeah. It's called mezcal. the piece is called el mezcalerón. It's the face of a mezcal maker, and that piece we put in the back, right adjacent to the bar. You know, I think today again, there's so many different brands of mezcal that are popping up every once every month. You know, I'm from. I always say, look, I'm from Oaxaca. So, you know, when you come at me and bring your new mezcal, like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to check you. No, well, no, no, no. Not like that. I just... It's the same story. It's the same story. And it's like, God, this mezcal from this little village. And, like, you know, we're really helping the culture. Someone told me that today. Oh, you mean when vendors come and try... Yeah, okay. this, this guy who wanted to open a mezcal company, who wants to open a mezcal company, you know, who's not a native of the country, who said that he just wants to help the culture... And I was like, how, excuse me, come again. <laughs> what are you doing? So you're helping my culture how? <laughs> 
So, you know, it's like, and it's like the same story over and over again, right? So it's like, it's like this little village and we're helping them and, you know, we bring them a scowl and it's from this agave plant and, you know, and <laughs> to me it was more of like, well, there's so many brands up here in the bar and you may drink mezcal and, you know, you may enjoy it, but I just don't want you to ever forget who's actually making it and understand why, why is it that we're so passionate about it and why is it that it costs as much as it does because it's that man making it. It's not about a brand. It's not about a bottle. It's about the process. It's about the, it's really about the people because yeah. mezcal, it's such a labor intensive product that people forget the people behind them. You know, you, I'm, I know very little about mezcal, and so I don't, I'm not sure uh, what the process is. Like is. a different, like uh, we'll, we, we don't yeah, have enough time. We don't have enough time to go into it. But, the, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the process is very laborious, and and for me, it was about like don't forget about like that person behind it, and um, it's just really to see like his face and his sort of like what mezcal making has done to his soul, to his body. And you can see it in his, in his, in his, in his, in his gaze. Putting a face yeah. to this, mm-hmm. this whole experience, this whole, yeah. this whole process. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I, I checked have that out. to see it. Yeah, it's well, beautiful. I may have seen pictures of it. I'm not, I may, I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we are running out of time. Do you guys have anything else that you want to hit? No. You probably had another Thank question. Uh, You're I, good. I know that you guys. Uh, I know that you guys were also helping out uh, with the with the relief efforts mm-hmm. after the earthquake. Yes. How's that going? You, so I when when the did your did your home get hit? Yeah. So when the earthquake happened in Mexico, my parents are in Oaxaca. I just in context the the, the north. I don't know if you guys remember the north the north the north gate the Northridge earthquake. Yes. Yeah. So Northridge was a six point seven, and Mexico was eight point two. So. And, and every point is like a thousand times more. So you just to give you guys context on like how devastating. major and devastating this earthquake was. Uh, my parents live live in Oaxaca, so they were actually there in their home when the earthquake hit. They felt it. My mom, when you hear her describe it, it's 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 something that I don't out of like a movie. When you hear her like talk about the experience and how she thought she was going to die and how she saw her like house move from side to side and she thought it was about to fall over and she thought like the floor was going to split open and they were going to die and like my dad you know who is this man who also lived in the earthquake of 84 94 84 in Mexico City was like I have never been so scared in my life you know when you hear a grown man your father tell you he's never been so scared in his life that's, that's when you know, like, yeah. it's real. So, thankfully, their home was okay. You know, thankfully, Oaxaca City was okay. Our house in Oaxaca City was fine. Nothing happened. You know, they're really well constructed. But um, there is a couple towns in Oaxaca that got hit really, really hard. And we're like, well, what, are we, like, what can we do, right? And honestly, I... Maybe because I grew up in Mexico and I'm just so, like, jaded on corruption. Uh, I just didn't think, like, sending money and anywhere was going to be a an option. Yeah, um, you wanted to cut that middleman. Well, not just the middleman. I just don't trust anyone. Right. okay. <laughs> I think it, and I, and, and I think it's just because of how I grew up in Mexico. Like, here, actually, I, I donated to the Texas Diaper Bank. And I don't know. I somehow have more, like, a confianza, like, when I... 
it's like an American company, like, you know what I mean? Then when it's like a Mexican, like, I'm like, mm, I don't know if you're actually like, I don't know, man. Right? I don't know. That's just I want to make sure I know where this is going. Yeah. And who's sending it. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, a friend of mine who is a personal friend, Omar, started like a GoFundMe page. And I, and, and the same, and because of the same thing, I didn't want to open any sort of like donate here because I don't want to be responsible for later saying like, where did my money go? Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, it, I just wanted to like, just help the people. And everybody was like, I got so many phone calls from people telling me, what can we do? Like, I'm like, well, well, I mean, like, we should do like a dinner. And I'm like, no, like, you know, I'm just going to like, honestly, like donate. So what we did was send money to my parents and they um, they went to buy a lot of things. We got like pallets and pallets of stuff. They personally drove it to the town. And even that story of them going to one town and the experience they had there, and they didn't want them to, like, go to this other town because they wanted to, like... It's just, like, all this, like, different things. They got to the second town that was completely, like, almost like a war zone, my mom said. That wow. every home was destroyed. I saw pictures. I saw People some of People were on the streets. People have nothing. People have absolutely nothing. Nothing left, like crying people like people don't have a roof people like really don't even have the bare necessities so um they 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 went they helped the people there were like no don't give me this give it to this person they were just a very like community oriented and um they you know even just talking to my mom when she just told me the story I was like I I was crying because I like I was like oh my gosh like this is horrible. And and then to me, seeing how, you know, there's all these, like, people, brands, people exploiting our culture, you know, <laughs> whether it's selling mezcal or selling fashion with the Oaxacan prints on it or there's so many ways that, you know. Um, They're banking on, on. Yeah, like, I guess what people call culture appropriation, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I just felt so sad to, like, see how. These are the people that you're still in the culture out of, yet no one's, like, they're helping. Yeah, where's, where are you now? Yeah, like, where are you now, you know? So uh, when 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 my, when my like when I heard that, it just kind of sparked something in me. So what we're actually going to do is I'm going to go uh, in October, second week of October, and we're going to help rebuild a lot of the homes there. So, yeah, just personal, like, just... Like with my brother, my sister, and me collected, you know, sort of like some money that we had saved, and we're just gonna go and help people rebuild somewhere that they can live. You know, I, I need to figure out if, how I'm gonna, you know, if people want to help because I, you know, I want to allow people to help. I just, I always feel a little like, I don't know, uneasy about taking people's money because. You know, you don't, just don't want to have that pressure. Well, I mean, I know I'm going to do good by it and do right, right. And I know I'm sure a lot of my close friends will trust me. But to open it to the world is always, it's a little, yeah. you know, it's 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 like it's weird yeah. for me. And, so, I'm, and I'm sure that you can connect with organizations. Because yeah. um, for the New Orleans, too, when the hurricane hit, um, our school, LMU, gathered a bunch of students. And it was like basic stuff. Well, I didn't like I learned how to like tile floors and mm-hmm. how to like just break down homes because like we went for like a whole week and we helped yeah reconstruct the home like it wasn't like a full lawn but 
every week they were bringing yeah. in volunteers to do little yeah, work Yeah, and even people who want to go to Oaxaca and volunteer their time. That's amazing. I think that's yeah. what happens. I, and I think that's what really, it's really needed, you know? Yeah. You need labor. You need people yeah, to help Yeah, you need people out. to come and hands. do. Yeah, and to help. And, and, you know, and, yeah. And and I think, and I, and I hope it's something that I can con- do continue to do for, for for years because this isn't just something that's gonna just I just go once and then you know, it's yeah. gone. This is people's like lives. It's gonna be they're gonna have to okay. continue building. It's gonna take years for them to, you know. Yeah. That's well, that that's an hour. That's been <laughs> yeah, an hour. I so I know I'm podcast. You but, can talk forever. I know, <laughs> but yeah, I want to. Uh, I mean, what we like to do is we do recommendations. So if you want to plug uh, anywhere where people can donate, anything like that. Oh, wash. What? So people can donate. I think my friend Oaxacan still has a page, uh, on his on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just just Oaxacan at o a a o a x a c k i n g. That's awesome. Um, he has a, a um, yeah, he has a youcaring.com page. Mm-hmm. Where it's, you like can actually, it's like crowdfunding, right? That's like, yeah, yeah, where you can actually still donate. Okay. Um, and it's amazing. He's so close to his goal. And I trust him with what he is doing. And uh, I, always tell, I always direct people there because I know he's a credible source. Uh, and and yeah, and hopefully um, hopefully we'll be able to come up with something in the future where we can help rebuild homes for the people there. And you want to plug your Instagram? Not that. Oh yeah, you can just. My Instagram is at Brisa Lopez, Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's pretty much Brisa Lopez. Only one. And And like 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 Hey guys, if you haven't already done so, make sure to follow us on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app or Google Play Music or Stitcher, which we're now officially on, and rate us five stars. That's five stars, please. We want to make sure that we can keep coming back and bring you this awesome content. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Talk, and on Twitter at Talk one That's Talk with the number one. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or you just want to throw some shade at one of our panelists, You can write us at pocktalkpod at gmail.com or visit our website at pocktalkpod.com. Thank you for joining us and see you next time on Pock Talk.